Hi, I'm Sue Kramer with Praise and Coffee, and this is the Craving Peace Podcast, where we're helping women create new habits which lead to a healthier lifestyle and a deeper walk with God. Today, I'm going to be sharing with you about my story, but then I want to get into what's really important, and that's your story. Okay, so here's some highlights from from my story and how I kind of got to where I am. And I hope that it will encourage you, inspire you, and we can then talk about your journey and your story. So in 2003, I was shocked when our 13-year-old son was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. I knew nothing about diabetes. No one in our family had ever been diagnosed with it. And I didn't, I was just in complete shock. Now, mind you, at the same time, Mark is walking the hills of Israel with Ed Dobson and his son, Kent Dobson. And so he's on this amazing trip and it's 2003. So we really don't have access to the cell phones like we do now. And so I couldn't even get a hold of him right away. And here we are. Um, I, I took my son in with all these symptoms of of um, being extremely thirsty and going to the bathroom all the time and come to find out he had lost a bunch of weight, which he was 13 years old. So he's kind of at that age where they kind of slim up and, and get taller real quick. And so I didn't realize how bad it was, but he had definitely lost weight that month at least. And uh, all these symptoms. So I Googled them and up popped type one diabetes. And I was like, what? There's no way. So <clears throat> ended up taking him in long story to our local hospital here, just a small community hospital. And they transferred him to an ICU unit at a larger hospital in our community. So we spent some time in ICU and that began my journey of understanding metabolic health because I had no idea. Of, of how sugar or starches affected our blood sugar and our lives. I didn't realize that all sugars and all starches were carbohydrates. It didn't matter if they came from a candy bar, an apple, or broccoli. All of them affected our blood sugar and our blood sugar levels in some way. So if... Um, they, you know, I had to give him insulin every time he ate because again, he's type one diabetes, diabetic. So his pancreas literally stopped creating what it needed to do to make insulin for his body. And so he had to have every bit of insulin into his body um, given to him when he ate. So he had like a baseline he got for the whole day. He got an injection and then he got an injection every time he ate. Now he has the pump. He's much older. I mean, this was again, 2003. So it's a much easier process for him, but it's still, you know, a very severe, very intense process to go through to be maintaining your insulin. And you have to know exactly how many carbohydrates you're taking in. So you know how many units of insulin to take with every meal. Um, some of the things I learned right away were that drinking sugar is crazy dangerous for us, especially for a a, a, a diabetic. And if you're getting into type two diabetes, which is when your body does create that insulin, but it's overloaded with insulin and it's overloaded with sugar. And so your cells become insulin resistant. It's different, but the same in that you still have to know um, how many carbohydrates are going in is to know how to deal with and monitor the type two diabetes too. So, which basically 
that can all be summed up with metabolic health. That's kind of the focus of Craving Peace is helping women become metabolically healthy so they can avoid type 2 because type 2 diabetes can be reversed, okay? So I digress, getting off track a little bit. So with my story, yeah, I learned that drinking sugar has an especially, especially dangerous effect on our body because it spikes our blood sugar really fast and then it crashes, it falls. And as it's falling, our insulin is kind of kicking in and trying to cover that sugar that our body just dealt with. And sometimes that overlap even has um, us you know, in a low blood sugar situation, which makes us feel miserable and angry. And it's just a, it's just a dangerous cycle to be spiking and dropping our blood sugar and our insulin's trying to keep up and the insulin's pumping to try to bring down that blood sugar. And so it's just, it's messy and it's not ideal. So first thing I would say um, is stop drinking pop or any sugary drinks. If you can, that is huge. That would affect and help you so very much. That's one of the first things I tell women all the time is get off of sugary drinks. So anyways, this began my messy, imperfect, eye-opening journey to metabolic health. <laughs> I had never struggled with my weight until I had kids. And this was right about the time we all decided that it was the fat in our food that was making us fat. Remember the 80s and the late 80s and 90s? And we dove headfirst into these low-fat, in other words, high-sugar diets. We had the uh, you know, low-fat chips, the cherry Coke, the red vines. They ruled the day. Well, this worked to lose weight initially, but I always gained it back because ultimately I was just a metabolic mess when I ate this way because I was just spiking blood sugar all the time. And, you know, basically it came down to a calorie reduction, which is what caused me to lose any weight, but it's not maintainable because it's just not healthy to eat that way. And our body needs healthy fats. So you know, I struggled. I struggled with um, with losing weight, with trying to be healthy. I really didn't understand what I was doing, trying to look at the food pyramid and eat according to that. Well, I'll tell you right now, if you're going to eat according to the food pyramid, you're going to probably be overweight and filled with inflammation and all kinds of issues because it's filled with grains and and things that are just not beneficial to the health of our bodies. So years down the road, I was introduced to a keto diet. Well, we've all heard of the keto diet and it worked and I lost weight, but again, it was only temporary because I never learned how to maintain my weight. So I would head right back into poor eating habits while on vacation or birthday cake or some celebration where there was sugar and I didn't know how to moderate. I didn't understand that sugar had become an addiction for me. So if I avoided it completely, I would be okay. But then I'd try to introduce a little bit in and it would just be a downward spiral. It would not be a good situation. And I just didn't learn how to maintain it. So fast forward to 2020, yes, 2020, that 2020, I was trying to be good. <laughs> But the world and its drama, it got to me and I love to bake. And since my coffee house that I owned at the time was shuttered and I had no outlet, I just baked at home and I submerged myself in a carb loaded world of comfort foods. And I loved it. But by Christmas, though, 
of 2020, I saw an all-time high number on the scale. I mean, we're talking beyond the number of my last pregnancy high number. Um, <laughs> I was very unhealthy, <clears throat> very metabolically unhealthy. I was type 2. I was I shouldn't say I was type 2 diabetic. I wasn't type 2 diabetic yet, but I was pre-diabetic, which meant my organs were already suffering and already um, paying the price for my unhealthy lifestyle. And it was already probably causing damage. Well, I know it was causing damage internally. I was filled with inflammation, which is puffiness, which is pain, which is bloating. And I realized this isn't about weight loss anymore. I have to take care of myself. Well, since 2005, I've been on thyroid medica medications for Hashimoto disease. I was dealing with a slew of autoimmune issues and we couldn't figure out what it was. A doctor, one doctor would say it was lupus. And then the next doctor would emphasize the Hashimoto's. And then I went to a rheumatoid doctor who I love, who ultimately figured it out, but she thought rheumatoid arthritis or osteoarthritis. or So she did all these tests and all this stuff. And what we finally figured out in 2019, I was diagnosed with mixed connective tissue disease. Well, mixed connective tissue disease has signs and symptoms of a combination of autoimmune issues, primarily lupus, rheumatoid, um, Hashimoto's, all that kind of stuff. And um, Sjogren's is another one that, so what happens with mixed connective tissue disease is that it's an overlap disease. So I get the symptoms of separate diseases, but they don't usually all appear at once nor do they appear as extreme as someone who just say has rheumatoid arthritis. So it's, it's not a good situation. And eventually it'll affect your internal organs, your lungs, your heart, your kidneys, all those things. And there's no cure. Um, but I dug in and tried to figure out how could I get better? I did my research, I read, I studied and studied, I looked at, and when I say I do research, like I'm, I'm looking at peer reviewed studies done by medical leaders and doctors. So I, I'm really digging into like, what do I do with this? And I ended up having a good talk with my rheumatologist and she wanted to put me on medication. And I said, okay, I have learned that, um, you know, autoimmune issues begin in the gut. And I understand that. And so if I can heal my gut, which a lot of times they call leaky gut, if I can get to working on eating correctly and healing that, can we hold off on the meds until we see if I can, if this can work for me? And she was wonderful. She was so supportive and she goes, absolutely. And she said, if you can start balancing your blood sugars and get in, get metabolically healthy, which is from a ketogenic style diet, she goes, you can reverse this and you can get better. And I just want to say, um, you know, there's a lot of crazy stuff out there about a keto diet. And there are a lot of fad things out there about keto diet. That's not what I'm referring to. When I say a ketogenic diet or a ketogenic way of eating, I'm referring to a metabolically way of eating that balances our blood sugar in a way that keeps us in, um, uh, homeostasis, which is a very balanced 
um, position in our body where our blood sugars are not all over, our blood pressures are not all over. And it, it is a ketogenic, basically ancestral way of eating. Okay. So it's when I say keto, or I refer to that, I'm not referring to eating a stick of margarine a day or a stick of butter. Sorry, you never eat margarine on a keto diet. Um, you want healthy fats, which are butter, um, which you do. But I don't eat like that. I don't eat a, a stick of butter a day and, and do the crazy, you know, you have this little bit of salad and tons of cheese and tons of ranch dressing and all, you know. No, I'm talking a metabolically healthy way of living and eating. So, but ketogenic is healthy and metabolically healthy. Okay. So kind of separate the two and don't dismiss what I'm saying right away because you're like, oh, that crazy keto stuff doesn't work you know, limiting the sugar and carbohydrates in our diet and getting our blood sugar balanced, it is what works. It is life-saving. So after I went back, long story short, and had my blood work done, we realized that by the end of 2021, so I did a year of this, um, and I was, I mean, I really, I studied and I learned and I'm like, I'm doing it this time. I'm not going on it for four months and jumping off and falling off during vacation. And I learned to maintain this healthy lifestyle and I dropped, yeah, an extra 40 pounds, <laughs> but also my blood work showed that my body was responding so well to this new low carb, no sugar lifestyle. My A1C, which is a three month blood sugar level, was in the normal range for the first time in very many years, um, no longer pre-diabetic, and all the indicators of the autoimmune flare were negative. I mean, I still am working through this. It's only been a year, a year, a little over a year now, but um, this is proven, even in looking at my blood work, to me, that says a lot. And I would highly encourage you, if you're gonna do this journey, that you do get with your doctor and, and get blood work done and yet do your own research because some doctors, they, they don't get a lot of nutritional training. And so you have to be your own advocate. You have to fight for your health and you have to figure out what is true and what works. Okay. So everything was better in my blood. Um, things on the inside were looking as good as I was feeling on the outside. So I was less hangry. I was less grumpy. I was less fly off the handily. I was less sad. I was clearer headed. I had more energy. And overall, I just felt better, so much better. Now, don't get me wrong. It was not easy. And it did not feel great every day. Not at all. <laughs> That's why I call this my messy, imperfect, eye-opening journey. Because honestly, it was a year of battle and I felt temptation and cravings around every corner, but I just kept fighting through and digging in. And as I did, I kind of created this, I'm going to call it curriculum and this, this, this way of doing this that I wanted, I realized I wanted to help other women on this journey because one of the things that was really hard on this journey was I didn't have anybody to lean on. And I just, I really wanted that. And I found a lot of doctors online and a lot of clinicians and people I could follow to get medical information and eating information and what I should and shouldn't eat and um, how it would affect my body and all that. But I, it was always missing the spiritual side of it for me too, and the emotional side of it. So that was really important to me. And that's kind of what I think makes Craving Peace a little different is that we're doing this all on the foundation of a deeper walk with God.
because for me, that is the most important thing. And that is the foundation that is the, that will strengthen us to fight through this and to keep going because we know that God created our bodies so wonderfully and intricately and with such purpose that when we focus on that and focus on our creator and we are women of faith, that it just, it makes all the difference, so much of a difference. So it was a messy journey. <laughs> I distracted myself with lots of house reorganization and remodeling and focused on getting my coaching certification, which was ironically in business and executive coaching. But, you know, when you get a coaching certification, really learning coaching is coaching. And so now I'm shifting and kind of transitioning to more of a health coaching. So I'm taking some more courses as I go along and learning more about nutrition, along with the studying and research that I do regularly every single day. So it's a day by day journey. And um, the cravings now are nowhere near as severe as they were in the beginning and breaking out of those bad habits and creating new ones. It took a lot of learning. I had to learn to rewire my thinking and really, quite honestly, um, learn about neuroplasticity and rewiring my brain to be able to drive past <laughs> donut shops and things where I'd be like, oh, I see, you know, I would I would see a restaurant and be like, oh yeah, I stop in there and I grab this and I stop in there and I grab this. And I had all my little secret, <laughs> you know, ways of, um, filling my carb addiction and sugar addiction. And, uh, but God beautifully created our brains with this amazing feature called neuroplasticity. And even though there were well-worn paths in my brain, which led to habits in my body and my life, I, you, we can rewire those and we can stop those old habits and create new healthy ones. And even though it's been difficult, I wouldn't trade the way I feel now for all the chocolate in the world. Not that I wouldn't like chocolate once in a while, <laughs> but this is better. This is lasting. And, you know, our brains are wired for craving and reward, unfortunately, in this day and age. And so when we start to change those old habits from craving and reward to um, getting dopamine and serotonin and oxytocin from different avenues and different ways and it builds a lasting um, foundation for us to make better choices and to grow. And because our brain is never satisfied when we're in that crazy craving and reward cycle, it's never satisfied. And along the way, I had a lot of people asking how I did it and how did I unlearn these things? And so that's what this was all born from is me wanting to share this journey with you and help you on your journey. So the idea of craving peace came to me at the beginning of 2021, but I wanted to have at least a year of this lifestyle under my belt before I invited others to come on this journey with me. And so that's what I'm kind of doing with you now. And so let me ask you, what's your story? Where have you been? How did you get to the place that you are right now? Are you happy with where you are now? Are you content? Do you have peace? Or are you frustrated? And are you feeling like you need peace pretty badly and you just don't know where to turn for it? Does your life need a refocus? 
Do you want to create healthier habits and a deeper walk with God? And have you been on a diet roller coaster that's making you feel sick and tired and unhealthy and in pain from inflammation and bloated and overweight? Do you struggle to eat well? Do you struggle to limit sugar and carbs and starches? Do you feel like you've tried everything and that you're just not sure where to go from here? Well, you're in the right place because it sounds like you are craving peace the same way I was. And I want to encourage you to join this journey with me and many other amazing women who are just like you. If that's you, go to praiseandcoffee.com. Check out the link of Craving Peace on there. And that'll give you a lot of places to start, which number one, I would say this podcast, go through and listen to the first six podcasts, um, which are the six weeks of classes that I did in my home with uh, two groups of women. And it has a lot of information. Have a notebook ready because I'm going to throw a lot at you. I really tried to get the highlights in there. And now we're going to really start unpacking more and more of it. But that is, it's really foundational. So go back, listen to those six weeks. And then we also, on that Craving Peace page on praveandcoffee.com, we have um, a link to our Facebook group. So I have a private group I started just for Craving Peace community. And I want you to join that community if this is a journey you want to be on. Check it out. Also on our Facebook or on our um, website, praiseandcoffee.com, on the Craving Peace tab, there is information. I've got a brochure on there that talks about my coaching. The year 2022, I've decided that I am going to coach women for free. I am going to help you. I am just going to invest in you. And as I do, not only am I encouraged, but I'm learning and I'm learning what it takes to really help women. And I'm not sure where this will take me next year. I don't know if I'll just start a coaching business or if I will join up with um, some other women in this venture and support what they're doing also along um, the food and eating and a sugar addiction line. I'm not sure. But this year, I'm, I'm trying to help women. So I'm doing in-person and online coaching in group and personalized individually. So check that out if you're interested. Drop me a note. Tell me your story because your story is what matters and your story is where you are. And I want to help you because I you're worth it. <laughs> you're worth it. God says you're worth it. God says he fearfully and wonderfully created you on purpose. And if you want to you want to become the woman that he wants you to be, I'm telling you that probably getting your eating under control and getting your health in order is a big key factor to that. So join us. I would love for you to be part of our community and uh, have a wonderful day, ladies. Thanks for listening. 